Hi, this is Hope. This is Kareem. Hi, this is Katie from Washington, D.C., and you're listening to Me Athlete Radio. Hey, everybody. Welcome to No Meat Athlete Radio. I am Matt Frazier, joined today by two people, Isabel Caputo and Matt Tolman. Um, those who've listened to this show for a while, first of all, haven't heard me on here for a while. I think it's been a few months since uh, Doug and I have done something for No Meat Athlete Radio. Not that long. Matt Tolman's been uh, pretty much regularly putting up interviews on this feed, NMA chats, as we've revealed them. And Isabel, have you been on No Meat Athlete Radio before? I have not. You've Fresh done some plant-based new. morning shows, including yesterday. Mm-hmm. But this is your first appearance on the show that you you grew up listening to. You cut your teeth on. Yeah. Yeah. I like how you said grow up. Eight yeah. years old. Yeah. yeah. Well, I don't know how old I'm a teenager. 22 or something? How old are you? <laughs> 22? I'm going to go with 22. That's No, I, I'm 34. This 34. is good. We're going to get canceled on our first. We're opening up with... Uh, uh, aging uh, Isabel, and we almost started by talking about how the only thing you can talk about with a woman on a podcast is like motherhood. So guaranteed to offend. This is someone. going great. Going well, great. Listen, well, I don't think that's the only thing you can. One of one of my self criticisms of us having women on the show, which we haven't done enough of at all, uh, admittedly, uh, is that we always we always kind of go to that topic. We talk about you know ha- how it works with balancing kids and life and running and all this. Or, or feeding a family as a vegan mom. And like, you know, there's so much more to women and to Isabel than that. So uh, we'll get into that. It's a big part of your life, but uh, I think we can get into much more as well. So yeah, let's not get canceled. That'd be good to avoid that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, before we jump in, I should, I should point out that people may have started to sniff that there are some changes uh, here with the feed, what's going on. Uh, Matt Tallman and I have been putting up our outlier health podcast episodes. We've got two of those up now on this feed. Hopefully you have enjoyed those. Um, We're going to kind of like, I don't know if revive is the word, but revamp no meat athlete radio. And I'm very excited to announce that Isabel, you are going to be a prominent feature a a staple, a fixture maybe of the show. Uh, We don't quite know in what format. We don't know if it'll be always three of us or four of us, even if we, if we invite Doug into these um, or, or what, or how it'll be. So I'm really excited about that. Um, but that's that's what it's going to be, and plant-based morning shows will probably be moved over here as well pretty soon. So there will probably will be five days a week content on this channel, which I'm excited about. And I think the four of us, uh, three of us plus Doug, uh, hopefully we'll get to kind of mix and match throughout the shows, and everyone will sort of get to know everybody. And we will see how that goes. I'm excited about it though, and uh, hopefully mm-hmm. people people enjoy that. This is when you're supposed to say Thank like, you. "Let us know your thoughts and interact with us in some." <laughs> channel or mm-hmm. another uh which we need yes. to do a little bit better of go to discord stream these things discord Ooh. right and <laughs> start gaming and go to discord <laughs> myself included I've, I've i've tried to join some discord communities chats i mean what do, what do you even call threads and uh discord servers they call it servers so that's why it doesn't stick <laughs> it is uh, entirely entirely <laughs> too intimidating for the vast majority of people yeah. so, agreed it is um yeah. anyway, you can go to that. If you go to nomadathlete.com slash discord, I didn't intend to plug this. You can go over there and join the community that we have, which is kind of cool. It's mostly morning show fans. Uh, but check that out if you're listening and you're interested. 
Um, Which everyone should be, a morning show fan. Or Instagram, or most of the people listening to this may know Isabel from their inbox, which maybe is a segue segue into Isabel's role. Growing up, as Matt puts it. (laughs) Growing up. I like to feel like I'm like Isabel's dad. I've raised (laughs) Isabel in some way. You're like four years older than Isabel, but... um, Isabel, You're not totally you wrong. Listening? <laughs> when did you start listening to, to Nomad Athlete? Yeah, um, probably, oh my gosh, so many years. Probably about seven or eight years ago, um, right when I was like starting my my road down the vegan journey. Um, I had been an athlete for a while and I was kind of like slowly cutting out. Um, I started with red meat and then just like was slowly cutting things out because it just made me feel better, like made my body feel better. And then I don't I don't remember how I found No Meat Athlete Radio, but like on my morning commute, um, used to just constantly like ev- the second I got out of the car, like onto the train because I used to take a train to work, um, was always listening to No Meat Athlete Radio. So I like I made my way through the the like beginning ones, um, mm-hmm. like all the way through. I was I this is like wow. su- super surreal still, um, but I was, I was a huge fan, listened every single day, listened to every single new show. I was so excited when there were new shows coming out and that's yeah, been, it's been a long time. A long time. That's You've cool. inspired me. I'm now going to go back and listen to like episode one. Cause I yes. don't, even, I mean, it would have been easy, 10 years ago. And now that I know Doug and Matt so well, I just cannot imagine my reaction to episode one. Matt, have you ever gone back mm-hmm. and re-listened? No, episode one actually isn't Doug. The first like three episodes were with another guy, uh, Ben Manoulis is his name. He's now like, kind of active on on social media. But uh, so, uh, then the, Doug actually the Doug Migo, is credited with reviving replacement guy. The, <laughs> What's that? The original drummer from the Beatles. Yeah, like Pete Best, right? Exactly. That's the name. Uh, Thank you. Yes, but then Doug actually gets the credit for reviving Nomadic Radio because it it kind of went away and. At some point, I don't know if it was when he moved to Asheville or what, but he said we should we should start that up again. So we did. Um, Isabel, I must know, were you like were you a Doug fan or a Matt fan? Like who was like your guy on there? <laughs> oh, you can't ask me that question. Uh, I don't know. I, I no, I'll be honest. I think I was a Doug fan originally, and then like you just like slowly you slowly grew on me because like you know D- Doug is like the easy humor, and then you right. have like the kind of weird humor. And like now that I know you more, I'm like, oh yeah, like you're my per, like you're my people. You got the oh, okay. humor that I have. Yeah. I like so that, that's how it grew. It grew over time. Good answer. You got both. You got both of us. Both of us. Very there. diplomatic. Very, Very nice. Diplomatic. Well, you know, you know how I do. Yeah. All right. So anyway, uh, we often say that you were the most athletic person on our team. I mean, Doug's done lots of races as well, so we can't really uh, can't put him out of that. But you are. Um, I always forget your race history. You did a marathon and an ultra last year. Is that right? Both of those things? I did a marathon last year. I had a baby last year, so I didn't do as much racing. And and then I did an ultra and probably several marathons, to be honest, the the year before that. The year before. Okay. And and again, Mm -hmm. not to get like straight into the motherhood thing, but I just find that so impressive uh, because each of us has our own journey with parenthood, but none looks like yours as a mom. And I think you started training like six weeks after you had Ray. Uh, yeah. Yep. Six, six weeks after my second. That's amazing. Yeah. That is slowly. Amazing. Don't, yeah. Don't, don't think I'm like superwoman or anything. Very slowly started training, but 
Um, I did the marathon about five months after having him, which was too was soon, it? just so we all know, too soon. Yeah. Was it hard to get back well, into it? Like, because I feel like if I go back to the gym after, or even start running after a break of any kind, not having carried a human around in my body for 10 months, uh, it's hard. And it's that. like, what? It's nine months. I thought it was 10. Well, I, thought, I thought nine was like the uh, no. the common misconception. Well, yeah, it is 10, isn't it? Well, Okay, yeah, yeah, you're kind of right. could be ten. Somewhere, John somewhere around six. I was, so so I was gonna say I'm between six and ten months, right? <laughs> but anyway, okay. uh, it's like it's just so hard to come back and be way out of shape compared to where you left off or when you stopped. Uh, it just seems like it would be very, very daunting. It's about, you know, six weeks after a baby, just very, very hard. Uh, was it, mm -hmm. was it not like, did you not have all these like self-defeating thoughts of like, I'll never get back there again. You'd already had a baby and, and recovered, I guess. Yeah. I'd say not really. Cause I don't go to such a dark place immediately. Like you and I though, Matt, you know, so. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Yeah. Like I, I had done it once already. Um, so with my first, I started training about two months after her and I, I did a marathon, I think seven months after having her, um, so that like so i had done it once already so i was already like geared up to go but i also like i i worked out until like i was in labor so it really like that all continued for me but the the running piece was definitely different and like it definitely was that like i just had to accept both times that like your your body completely changes when you when you carry a baby when you have a baby completely changes so like you really just have to go into it with an open mind knowing that it's not going to be the same um, you know, my hips, my hips feel different now that I'm running and, and it takes time to build back those muscles that happen. So, I mean, being, just being open to knowing that it's a different, it's a different experience. Like you're not the same person anymore. And you know, that very, very obviously with your child that's right there, but also your body is, yeah, it's completely different. I continue to believe that, that men are the inferior sex, just to put that out there. I just, I find it incredible. I mean, I mean that's going to get us canceled. I'm going I'm to cancel us for that. <laughs> you I can't really say anything. Are... can't really say anything in this same <laughs> age. All I'm trying to convey is that it is truly incredible. As you guys know, Adriana just had our fourth kid. And it's like, what women can do. I mean, look, the, the human experience where we start with like, you know, practically a single cell and then you know, evolve into this like really vibrant life form and then can condense ourselves back into this tiny thing for reproduction, right? And the fact that women are the ones that, you know, functionally, I shouldn't say functionally, build that baby 100%, right? And then also can nurse that baby into very, very quickly a fat little <laughs> bundle of joy, at least in my case, our kids become job. really, yeah. I mean, the cheeks, super fat, really quickly. And then, I mean, like, it's just amazing. And I don't want to go too much into it. We said we weren't going to, like, focus entirely on motherhood. But so, you know, for anyone who wants to cancel us for, for that, I applaud and am inspired and in awe of what women can do. And then go train for a marathon. It's pretty cool. It's almost as hard cool. as running a 100 miler, it sounds like. To, to 
I hope you're joking I mean, right now. Let's, let's well, start a tally of the things that are going to get us canceled. You know, like yeah. Matt Frazier comparing, you know, like motherhood to 100 miles. Doug and I have asked yeah. have asked our wives if if what they think about that comparison. And if it is, so maybe Isabel, after this 50 miler, which we haven't gotten to yet, which you're going to do uh, you yesterday on the Plant Based Morning Show, made the public commitment, I think, <gasps> saying you were doing it. Ooh. I did. Uh, so I after did. that, you can That's do 100, powerful. hopefully. Because if you can do a 50, you can do 100. If you can do 50K, you can do 50 miles. Oh, yeah. If you can do 50 miles, you can do 100 miles. Uh, then you can tell us from experience which is, uh, which is harder, have a baby or run 100 miles. I can already tell you that because <laughs> I've had two babies and I've run several of them. But you can't compare the two. People people love that comparison, though. Like when when I was being coached like for labor, I went to a birth center. They All the time, they were like, oh, it's like running a marathon. It's like running a marathon. And <laughs> There, there are Have some similarities. In term- woman? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. In term- I mean, I told them that. I was like, you know, I'm a like I'm a ultra runner. And when they told me that, and they're like, oh, um, it's li- it's like that? Question mark. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Can you confirm? That <laughs> Not quite the same case because I was yeah, wondering, yeah. like, you know. Yeah. So in terms of like qu- the mindset question piece, for both of you. Hmm? Well, uh, get to the mindset piece actually as you answer this. But here's my question to both of you. What drives you to do that? Because the longest I've run is like 20 miles. I'm I'm ashamed to say on this podcast that I've never actually done a marathon. And a lot of it is because I just don't like anything where I'm forced to do something by someone else. Like I am the type of person who will work harder than anyone out there as long as I'm doing it on my terms for myself. But the second that someone says like, oh, you have to go do this thing. I'm like, I just feel this wet blanket come over me. And I'm like, I I don't have any energy for that now because it feels like I'm being forced into that. Um, And so like when I get to say like, you know what? I've never run 18 miles. I'm gonna go do that. And then the next day, and then you get this energy and you're like, how many days do I have to rest before I can like try to push it to 20, you know? And like I, I want to, and it's a, it's a self motivating, you know, thing. But then I look at the calendar, and I did that for 2024, thinking like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna run my first organized marathon. This will be fun. I'll be able to join the likes of you crazy people, um, and still feel totally inadequate because I can't do 100 miles or haven't done 100 miles. But I'm like, ah, oh. but like, what if it's like this one day? It's like at this place, I have to go line up and put on a like a race kit thing, you know, the, the number. And like, I'm just <laughs> like, why, why not just find the day where I'm, I'm feeling really good. And like, my muscles are loose and like, I got the time and the energy and it's a blue sky. And like the, and I'm like, and this is the day. And I go out and I run it for myself. Like, so I'm just curious, what is the motivation to push yourself to 30 miles, 50 miles, a hundred miles? aside from some sort of deep trauma from your childhood that, you know, makes you need some sort of accomplishment like that. And second, you know, what's your advice to me who just hasn't found the motivation to, to do a formal organized run? Uh, Isabel, you want to go first? Yeah. Well, first I would say you don't have to do an organized run to have run a marathon or a 50k or a whatever like it doesn't that piece doesn't matter and i i people ask me all the time how many marathons i've done i'm like well in my training i've done who even knows how many 
And so I, I count those pieces because again, if you're pushing yourself and especially if you're out there pushing yourself alone by yourself or like with maybe your family or a friend that, that kind of mental game, I think is so, in my opinion, is much more difficult than the mental game of doing it as an, in an organized fashion, because hmm. then you have other people and you have carrots to chase and like different pieces that can kind of motivate you in your mind there. So that I want to make that clear, first of all, that like that doesn't mean that you haven't ran a marathon or you haven't, you know, done done X, Y, Z if you've if you haven't done it in an organized fashion. And I think for for me, honestly, one, it's the it's the piece that I get. Like when I did my first like organized 50K, I had like two pairs of headphones. I made sure my my phone was really charged. I had like podcasts lined up and music. I didn't use a single thing. The whole entire time I was running, it was complete silence or talking to people that were with me. And that's one of the cool things about the ultra community is that people are just like so friendly. So like, we're all in this together kind of shebang um, versus like road racing. We don't need to get into that necessarily right now, but two different ball games. Um, so the, the like peace of mind is really, really important to me and like getting into that kind of flow state. Um, it takes me 10 miles plus to kind of really get in, into that state. And then I don't, to be honest, I don't really know. Like the, the long distance has just always appealed to me, I think, because, because it is hard and because not everybody is doing it. And because I know I can push myself to, to do that thing. Um, so I don't know. I don't know. I have to think about yeah, it. Yeah, mine's, mine's really similar. I was going to suggest, Matt, like, do a, uh, I don't know if the term is still used, but the fat-ass style race. Do you know those? Isabel, is that term? you know that? <laughs> a fat-ass ultra? All right, I don't know. Like I, the fifth yeah, I don't know that one. You can't <laughs> use the word fat anymore, remember? <laughs> like, it's not it's not appropriate. I haven't heard that. Right, so women, uh, yeah, fat -ass men, fat, you know, um, size <laughs> challenged. I don't know what the appropriate, yeah. like, how many, yeah, how many all people off, are we going to piss off. off on this? Uh, we haven't gone after show. kids, you know. No, you're right. Or older coming from you elders. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, fat ass races are it's, what the it, ultra it's a thing. Ultra running people, you know, like Isabel kind of uh said or showed, like they don't like the they're like the opposite of that sort of corporate marathon world, uh road running races. So fat ass is like the really bare minimum. All you do is show up with your stuff you're going to need usually they'll supply water sometimes they'll supply water so there are designated aid station areas where everyone will dump all their stuff or like you'll give it to the race director at the beginning of the race your kind of stuff and they'll go put it nice. at the aid stations where you might want it otherwise there's nothing there's no other stuff there's no t-shirt there's no medals there's no announcer at the end it's just people running together all starting at the same time and i mean i guess you could start late too if you showed up late um so you get that togetherness like thing which like isabel said that's actually the motivator for doing it. Like, it, I think it'd be really hard to do a 50 mile race or hundred mile race by yourself. You just, for me, I, I just get to a mental spot where I just hate what I'm doing. Like, I don't get that piece. Like Isabel talks about, I really just don't like it. Like, I just want to get it over with. Uh, and mm. if it was just me out there, it just gets really hard. Like I have a much, much harder time in training runs by myself than races. Races is always, you know, relatively pleasant compared to the, uh, the training. I just hate, like I said to Isabel yesterday, That's I hate true. By on a weekend out by myself for 15 miles or whatever, three hours my Saturday gone, and like really nice, pleasant time, morning time when you could be doing so many things. Uh, I just, I just hate it. So, oh, I love it. 
So my reason yeah. for running was never it. that uh, yeah. peace thing. It was just, it was what Isabel said, the like, that the, not many people do it. And for that reason, in my head, it always just seemed like impossible. Like I thought, like when I grew up as a kid, I remember thinking marathons were like impossible. Like you like only a very elite person could do that if they were born with the proper genetics. Like a regular person can't run that far because I knew what it felt like to run a mile and it was awful and I hated it. <laughs> so, so to run a marathon was amazing. And then when I got to be running marathons, I heard about a kid from my high school who had done a hundred miler. And I, I literally thought it was like, wrong like that someone typoed something or it's just a miscommunication i was like you ten can't miles, actually dude, do that because i know what a marathon is uh and then i started exploring i was like wow people actually do this and so then it was like what and by then i had learned that you can actually even if you're not physically you know athletically gifted which i would say i wasn't uh you can you can like the cool thing about running and other endurance sports is it's really about how hard you work at it it's really not doesn't have that much to do and maybe if you're trying to win races it's different but the longer the race, the more it becomes about the work you put in versus your genetics. And uh, it mm -hmm. just became a really cool outlet for me to like be able to do stuff that on, on a very deep level, I thought was impossible. And like to, to learn that you could do that thing, I, that's just what I liked about it. And so once I, once I did those races though, like that didn't last. Like once I did a hundred miles, I, I had no more motivation to do any running. And I, and I don't run it now, really. I mean, I do it for fitness like sometimes, but not, not as like a, a runner. So that's the, kind of the problem with that mindset, I guess. Well, a lot of what you guys said resonates with me because, as you know, I have more distance on the bike than running or maybe comparable. I don't, I don't really know how to compare. But my experience, the piece that you're explaining, or I guess I don't understand the idea of like using those Saturday morning hours. Like when I would ride in the summer, uh, you know, you'd go out like 6 a.m. and like the sun is just rising and like there's no one out there and it's calm. And like you just and by the time you get your stride on a bike, you know, 20, 30 miles in and like you just kind of grooving and the high is incredible. And then you come back at like 10, 11 o'clock after like, you know, 60, 70, 80 miles and you feel so accomplished, like literally. I mean, I'm, you know, the runner's high, right? Like it's and you like, wear pants, you the kid says, here you go. Right. Yeah. And you're <laughs> Good like, luck. I can't, you know, I can't do the stairs, honey, but like, I, I'll try to, you know, like, um, but you do, you do feel so calm and accomplished that like, you know, I could spend all day with toddlers, you know, as much as those can be, you know, very uh, trying, tiresome moments, just because, you know, small children can be for me. Um, but like, you're just so you just feel so good after that. So that's why I do it. And I mm -hmm. still do that. Like I, there's, I mean, that's the one thing that's different about you and me, Matt. It's like, if I, if I could do anything in a day, I'd probably exercise for three hours. And like mm. the hardest days are the rest day. Like today I have calls from eight o'clock until four 30. And like, I have no time to work out. So I structured it because this is my rest day. Hence me, you know, I actually look nice. I've a, an in-person lunch, <laughs> if you can imagine. And so hard. I'm just like, I I just, I really want to go do something, get my heart rate up and sweat and like feel that accomplishment. Yeah. I, I, I'm with you on the, once you're mm -hmm. done it, like it feels really good then to feel like you did that and feel exhausted and, and just know you did that. Uh, for sure. I, I get that. Here's, here's, um, a, here's a curious yeah. question. Because I know, Matt, your wife, uh 
does a fair bit of running, maybe even more than you yeah. these days. I'm curious where Evan, Aaron is. I just mixed your spouses, Evan, Aaron, and Kevin. Um, Isabel, what is Kevin's relationship? Because I'm, I'm really curious about this. Like, are all couples, do they meld into this? Like, if one's active, the other becomes active? Or is it like the opposite to track? Like, you know, I'm, it could mm. evolve the time and go through phases. But I'm, I'm curious, where does Evan, Kevin, Aaron stand on, on exercise? Oh, Kevin, Kevin is the reason that I got it like originally kind of like got into like daily exercise. I had it like through college and, you know, high school and everything. I had some discipline um, and then it kind of like fell off a little bit during grad school for me. And so he's the really the one who kind of like reignited that fire for me. Um, but he hates running with like a bleeding passion. Does he hate right? Like he will not run for like for anything um he recognizes that it's like beneficial for his aerobic endurance uh but doesn't want to do it at all so he um uh, for for the listeners he races motorcycles as an amateur and you're controlling your breath is like super important in that because they're going they're they're do they are doing intense stuff that i can't do but having that kind of endurance is really important. So a lot of professional motorcycle racers run for that, but he hates it, won't do it. So he he will bike. Uh, we have an indoor uh, trainer that we both use pretty often. And then he he's more of like a, a weight kind of kind of guy. But same like we both we both do find passion in being active and like and, and getting a lot of fulfillment from that. Yeah. Running. Yeah. Um. My Evan is a, uh, she did many marathons. I mean, not many, you know, five, six, I don't really know the number. And then she did an That's ultra many. about, yeah, I mean, it's a lot. It's, it's more than most people. And then she did an ultra, uh, a 50K about two years ago or so. And like before that and after that, she did running streaks that were like two years long uh, every day. So that's kind of where she was. She hasn't done a little running in a while now. I don't know how many months it's been, but. Uh, you know, she, she's definitely a, a runner and, and she and I met, she worked at a running store, fit me for shoes. And that was like a crucial early part of our dating was I went to this place to get my shoes fit. So we connected over that from the beginning. Uh, and so it was always kind of a thing for us. So um, the Cinderella story, I mean, is that what we're talking about? I guess about? it was, yes, yeah, it was her that. Yeah. Matt, Matt is Cinderella. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I do hear about people now and then who are like total opposites and one person's fit and, and does stuff and they just want the other person to be active and then the other person just won't. Uh, but no, I don't, I don't, I can't imagine that's too common. I don't know. It just seems like, like attracts like when it comes to that sort of thing. Um, but I don't know. Not, but not, not in my case, but in the off chance that my wife listens to this, I'll, I'll, I'll leave it at that. She's been very active. We we did we did a Ragnar race together, maybe some other stuff, and uh, you know yoga and whatever. But not to bring it back to motherhood. Whenever we're talking about women, you know, for the last four years, shit, five years, uh, you know, she's she's been pregnant every single year, and that you know definitely there's there's some roller coasters in terms of you know. Um, and she obviously she she's a big job and she's a mom and everything else. So it's it's really hard to to make the time. You know, I feel really blessed that you know I have have a work environment that that allows me that that flexibility and freedom. It's not something I take for granted. So mm -hmm. 
So thank you for satisfying that curiosity. Matt, where do you want to take the conversation next? Well, I mean, we talked about what motivated us to do ultras and things like that, or at least why we'd want to do something so, I guess, extreme. But I'm just curious. Like I like I said, I don't do that anymore. I, I really ha- lost the drive to try to do something like that. What I do now is weight training mostly. And now and then I will do aerobic running type things as really as part of that because I'm trying to develop that side of the fitness. But it's not about trying to accomplish a certain race distance anymore because, like I said, I just did enough of that. Um, so I'm curious for you, Isabel, like why – I don't know. Like your life sounds pretty busy. Maybe maybe I'm wrong. But because you travel and you go to these – to the motorcycle races uh, and you got kids at like you know the busiest ages where, where one is – a toddler right and one is is very much younger um an infant i don't know it just seems like hard it's like i don't think i was i guess i did my hundred when when ellie was just born my second child and then i was that's when i was kind of done for a while um but you you know you've got plans to keep running throughout this year and i would imagine more so i'm just curious like what like why do you keep doing it like like when I don't know. Like I said, like everything else is tiring in life, right? It's, you're busy with work and your kids and traveling. It seems like you just want to like chill out and watch the office like you and I like to do. Uh, why, why, I mean, what, what will keep you going to do those things? And That's by the way, question. while you're, while you're thinking of the answer, I just want to, want to call out you, you mentioned Kevin's amateur racing. The word amateur really degrades the effort that he puts into it. We got to figure out a better a better phrasing. I understand he's not like quite pro, but he's going like 120 miles an hour on a on a motorcycle around these like it's a very intense thing. I just feel like we you know amateur kind of you know undermines the seriousness with which he takes that. You're right. You're right. I shouldn't, I shouldn't undermine it. If you, if people want to look into MotoGP, Moto America, look at that. That's what he does a little bit slower, but that's, that's what he does. Semi-pro. How about semi-pro? Semi-pro. Semi-pro. Okay. I'll I'll start with that. He'll, yeah, he'll feel, he'll feel pretty good with that. He'll be like, no, no, I'm not, I'm not that at all, but he's, isn't there a Will Ferrell movie called Semi-pro that actually sounds like worse than amateur? Yeah, I think there is. It's like they're in this joke basketball league. Yeah. I think amateur might be better than that. I don't know. Somebody somebody tell me what I should call it and then we can we can go. Okay. Anyway. He races motorcycles. What do they call the like the baseball league that's not pro? The minor leagues? The mi- he's a minor no, that's worse, maybe. A minor <laughs> yeah. motorcycle. <laughs> All right. So yeah, the answer of Matt's question. Minor, I hardly know. Oh, her. Is that, is that uh, appropriate for this? <laughs> <laughs> when is actually it's an office now? reference for anybody. It is an office reference. Yep. Charles Minor. It's office reference. Charles Minor. Idris Elba. Oh. <laughs> so good. Uh, okay. Anyway, um, that's, a, that's a great question because I, I, I won't undermine the fact that, uh, you know, it, it is super busy. Like it, we literally have to look at our schedules and kind of like be like, all right, here's this half an hour that I can do this. And like, when I, I'm, I'm not a fast runners, uh, again, ultra runners, We're, we run a long time. We don't necessarily run fast during that time. So I'm not a fast runner. Um, and so I'll, I'll go out and I need like an hour and a half sometimes to get seven, eight miles in. And during that day is really tough. Um, and it means that, you know, we have to be kind of flexible in our schedules, obviously. And I, I am blessed to be able to, to do that with working from home and having my partner who, who works from home as well. Um, 
but I think the, I don't know, the motivation is that I just, I love it. I love it. I'm, I, when I go out and run, like it is my time, it is my piece. And that's maybe something that's really important. And I, and I heard a, a, a professional athlete talking about this, who's, who's a mother as well, um, on one of Rich Roll's podcasts. And, you know, she talked about how like you can feel really selfish as a mother or as a parent when you're doing this thing that is for yourself. And you might think like, oh, no, I, I should be spending this time with my child instead. But, um, you know, it's really important that I have that time, too, because it grounds me as a person and it keeps me in a spot where I can continue to give my all to my children. And if I didn't have that kind of outlet, like I'm I'm just the type of person that would that energy up and I'm able to like to to have my time whether that's out on a run whether that's doing yoga um or I, I like to meditate as well to kind of just recenter myself and so I think that's my motivation is that like it's just so important to my 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 overall well-being and like my ability to continue to show up every day for my nine-month-old child and my two-year-old who take they're wonderful but like they take a lot of you and they take a lot of your energy so like i in order for me to keep doing that for them i have to go do that for myself or i'm not going to be able to do it yeah yeah makes sense i think it's it's like the uh put the mask on yourself on the airplane yeah, first right like mm-hmm. if you don't if you don't take care of yourself you can't take care of anybody yep and that's 100%. what it is for me too like i my i after the running i really went through i guess it was it was sort of a slump because i wasn't doing anything but i kind of didn't didn't care like i really just wasn't at all motivated thinking i should be doing something but then once i turned 40 i remember after like a couple failed attempts to like get started again uh not with running just with anything I turned 40 and I remember thinking I want to like, I wasn't in good shape. I, I was really hung over actually that day. Cause I went out back home with friends and, and like woke up on my 40th birthday and I was like, man, like I'm in terrible shape, relatively speaking compared to, you know, running hundred miles, whenever it was 10, maybe six years before that or something. Um, and I thought like, I need to, I need to, when I turn 50, I don't want this to be the case. I want to be like in really, really good, the best shape I've been in when I'm 50. And so then suddenly having this really long out there goal, instead of something that said like, I have to get in the best shape of my life this year. It felt like I actually could like start then because it wasn't any, any like major pressure or rush. So I ordered a kettlebell and I just turned, got into that training. And now it's been three years. I just turned 43 and I've like actually been more consistent than ever with training since that time, because I got this longer term goal. Um, I I still say like, it doesn't really, I, I enjoy the weight training. I wouldn't say it like, does any great thing for me, like therapy sort of thing, like people say running is for them. Um, but it's, it's, it's the same as you said, as far as like wanting to be a, you know, a, a good example, but also like be your best self for your kids and the stuff you have to deal with. Like, that's kind of the reason I do it. It's like, it just, I don't know. I, I like, I like being able to be in shape and be someone who the kids look up to as someone who's in shape, uh, so that they will want to do that. I hope, uh, and that's really it. I don't know. It's just very different. It's it's much different from the intense kind of like drive to go get a race goal because I, I don't really have almost any goals with the training. It's just something I do now. Uh, so I don't know. It's been an interesting shift for me, for sure. And what about you, Matt? Is that, uh, is that you or are you kind of in between those things? Um, yeah, I think I think a lot of what you 
said resonates. Um, I'm reminded by a study they just did, once again, bringing it back to motherhood. But I think this probably applies to others, this particular, uh, others as in um, dads. Uh, but this particular study looked at moms and the likelihood that kids would become active at like, you know, it was a, it was a long study. It was like 15 years or something. And it was like the the level of fitness and the commitment that a mom shows to whatever it is, right? Yoga, running, uh, you know, biking, weights, uh, any any type of fitness was positively correlated with like all sorts of positive indications in terms of kids' health. Because obviously, it also and the main point of the the uh, the the you know studies conclusion, which was. Um, kids follow after their mom in terms of fitness. And and that shouldn't be very surprising, right? Because like if you have a dad who plays a lot of FIFA video games, for instance, like some people, right? Yeah. I know, I was kidding. Um, but like, you know, if you have a if you have a, a sedentary dad, look, let's make it more let's make it more acute, right? Like most households probably you see parents watching you know, football or baseball and drinking beer at night because like they've worked a long, hard day. And, you know, what are, you, what are your kids going to see, right? And they're probably more likely in that household to watch TV, play video games, whatever. And we all know all these dangers related to, to mobile devices and just the increase of like a sedentary lifestyle. Whereas if you have a parent who comes home and says, hey, I'll, I'll you know, I'm going to go out for a run real quick and then we're going to do the family time like that sends a really strong signal. So I think that's a huge motivator for me is, is just be the change you want to see in the world, I guess, you know, like I, I just, you know, it's, it's part of my identity because I think that everyone should move. It's a huge antidepressant, anti-anxiety, anti-all bad vibes, right? Like it, it just lifts you up and, it's also so good for physical health as well. Like, why shouldn't that just be a huge part of each of our day, right? And and as you and I, Matt, last thing I'll say, has, uh, you, you know, we've spent a lot of time talking about this stuff because, uh, you know, the studies just keep coming about how any level of activity is incredibly uh, pro-life, right? Like, uh, not pro-life, you know, like, Pro longevity, I should say, pro pro all the things that we want to to have in our life in terms of reducing risk factors for all the common diseases, right? You know, reducing the chances of of obesity and type two diabetes and all other of the type, you know, other five types of diabetes. Right? It's just such a positive thing. It doesn't have to be more than walking, right? Choosing the stairs, you know, doing fifteen minutes, right? Like, I, I mean, we've all seen that book, like the six minute you know, workout with like, you know, the original um, hit sort of high intensity interval training. And it's like, mm -hmm. doesn't matter what you do, you know, long stroll for a half hour after dinner or 15 minutes of like super intense exercise or it's an hour run, whatever it is, like some level of activity is really, really good. And so that's kind of my motivation. It's just, yeah, I guess to put a finer point on it, if you never give it up, you'll never have to get it back. And getting it back from what I see is like incredibly hard. Like I just have so much respect for people who are in the gym and it's clear that they are morbidly obese or anywhere on that spectrum. And you're just like, gosh, like good for you, man. Like that must be so, so hard, you know? 
Um, yeah. And if you look at like the 80 year old guy who's like still bench pressing uh, or woman, I mean, I saw a woman, I sent a picture to my mom. I asked a woman for permission to take her picture. She told me she was 73 <laughs> years old and she's in there doing like bicep curls. And this woman just looks so yeah, good and so fit. And I'm like, what's your secret? She's like, just, you know, this is just what I do. Like she doesn't think about it. It's not a big deal because she like never stopped. You know, it's like what we always talk about with the blue zones. But I'll stop there because I've said enough. Yeah, I mean, that last thing, first of all, the fitness, just recently have I started to see it, the research on it. Like somehow it just, that escaped me somehow, the idea that fitness was really good for long-term health. Like I knew diet was, and all of us are plant-based eaters. And like in that community, I think it all the credit is given to the diet. And it's like this diet, you know, does all these miraculous things, some of which are true. Uh, but the fitness part, like, I don't know. I just didn't realize it was, I knew it made you look good in the short term and maybe made you feel good and better able to do things in the short term. Uh, but as far as like preventing cancer, preventing heart disease, preventing diabetes, all these things. And then what muscle mass does as far as extending lifespan and health span, because it makes you, you know, less likely to fall and break a hip or whatever and balance. I mean, all these things that, that are really important. I just, I just never realized that they were so important. So that's really, like I said, that's kind of been the, the recent motivators when I turned 40, I kind of said, I got to start doing all this stuff. But what you just said about when you lose it, you never get it back. As I mentioned earlier, or not, it's hard to get it back. Um, what I mentioned earlier was that like, it, I, I go through these periods where I take long breaks from exercise and, and thankfully that has changed recently. But I think as I get older, I've just started to realize the importance of the habit part of it. And I was like, if I take a week off, like that can become six months off. It just, it just happens. And it just, because once you're a week or two or three without doing your thing, the, the friction to getting back into it is hard because now you're dealing with having to realize where you were compared to where you are. Uh, and it's difficult. So like actually just yesterday I did a workout because I had gone four days and it was like, I spent the most probably since I turned 40, four days with no workout. I have a schedule I follow. It's four days a week of lifting. And I was just delaying because I was at deadlifts. It was week, week four of an eight-week cycle, and the lift is getting heavy. And it's just a thing. I was just like, with the stress I was going through, I just couldn't get myself to go in the garage and do deadlifts because it's you know it was a 45-minute workout. So yesterday, because I've learned this stuff, yesterday I said, you know what? I, I don't feel like it. I'm going to go just do the hard deadlift part of this workout, get that part done. So today, I'll have to go and do the rest of that workout, which is much easier and much less of a mental hurdle. Um, but I've just like... There's the two day rule people do where like you don't miss twice. Like it's okay to have a day off of your habit, but you never miss two days in a row because that's when it can begin to become a problem. So like you miss one day, the alarm bells should go off and say, you have to get back in there. Um, I don't know. I've just really realized like that's, that is the key for me is like find a way to keep doing something uh, mm -hmm. so that it doesn't go too long. Cause, cause like you said, Matt, like it's, it's really hard to get back to something when you, when you've lost some fitness. And, and I can only imagine if like, if you've really lost a whole lot of fitness and put on a bunch of weight, uh, I don't know how people do it. It's 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 it is commendable for sure when people can can manage to to do that. Yeah, yeah. But I, I want to emphasize though, right? If you look at like the the study, the or I should say the the story that always sticks with me is like the Okinawans who sit on the floor, and they mm -hmm. you know if you look at the blue zones, I, I, the the visual stuck with me from Dan's uh, Netflix. Um, what mini series on the blue zones and and mm -hmm. it was something along the lines of like you know in the day that they spent with these okinawan women who are like 94 years old 
they got up and down off the floor like 93 times, right? <laughs> Some like, you know, cause like they just, they sit down on the floor, they get up off the floor. And like, if you like, I mean, if you do that right now, like doing it 10 times, your heart starts to move. Like you're moving all your different body, you know, all different muscle groups and ligaments and joints. And like you are, you are moving. And it's just like, and that's where, that's, that's the part that's really inspiring. Like, obviously I really like pushing myself today, but I also recognize that, you know, at some point, you also just have to make part of your life long walks, right? Choosing the stairs, doing these little things that just keep your body moving and nimble and, and you know, you know, sub, what's the word? Uh, subtle? No, supple. I can't think of that word. Supple. Yeah, thank you. Uh, supple, supple. Yeah, supple muscles, right? Like nice, loose and, and fluid joints. Um, so I'm really inspired by that long term. In the meantime, I keep breaking my body down in horrible ways, but I recognize that I have to stop that sooner than later, like with your heavy deadlifts. Yeah. Yeah. I actually, that's a good point. I don't know if you do or not have to stop it later. I mean, I, I know exercise doesn't have to look like exercise, and in those long-lived parts of the world, it doesn't. It just looks like getting up off the floor, gardening, walking on hilly terrain over to your neighbor's house cooking all your food, you know, by hand with your hands. Um, but I, I do, want, I don't cooking, know, like Peter Tia. And his, yeah. He burns, he burns making pasta or something, rolling those things out. You, you, you burn some calories. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe not a ton. That's, but some. that's, that's a little, that's a stretch. Uh, a little no, it's real. I think it prevents you from over. When you're 94. You it's not a stretch. Mm -hmm. That's right. Maybe. Look, anyway, the benefits um, of cooking your own food, I, I won't, I won't. But when right. you add it into gardening, getting up and down off the stairs and walking hilly terrain to your neighbors, and then you throw in cooking, it's just one of these things doesn't look know. like the others. <laughs> the processing of food, right? Someone's got, if, if you don't have a, a mill and you got a mill it yourself, that's work. It, it's, or a hand, get a hand coffee grinder and crank your own. There you go. Right. I, didn't, I didn't realize we're going back to peasant cooking. Where I'm just like picturing <laughs> Isabel in the back with one of those like stone wheels, like walking around, you know, like <laughs> milling her own wheat. Right? Like, okay, fine. If I do, I do mill my own wheel. Coffee, <laughs> hand crank coffee and like, you know, you start your fire with your hands, mm -hmm. you know, like, okay. I, Totally agree. Totally agree. Anyway, though, I do wonder about, about uh, aging. I do wonder about doing <laughs> uh, like the intense stuff, right? Like, is, is it a, is it good for you? If you can keep being an ultra runner into old age, is that better than just being a, you know, someone who walks on hilly terrain? And if you can keep doing deadlifts into old age, is that better than just getting up off the floor a lot? I don't really know. Right. Cause like you, you, at some point you probably increase the risk mm -hmm. of injury or burnout or whatever muscle tear down <laughs> doesn't come back. I don't know. Uh, that's that's an interesting question. I want I want Isabel to to wrap us up, but I will just mention that like one of the number one causes of death after some point I don't know if it's sixty five or seventy five is just falling, and like mm -hmm. therefore just maintaining bone density, and so much of that is just like by standing and walking and just like literally putting pressure on you know stacked bones you know it's like a huge huge positive thing so my, my sense is that if you had to choose between continuing to run or becoming sedentary i would I'm, I'm defaulting to to the running i think more probably is, yeah. is better but maybe we should do a whole summit on like fitness over 40 and really get experts to 
to talk to us about this. Isabel, why don't you wrap us up? Take the last word. Yeah, I, I mean, we we tangent into did, 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 whatever that word is, tangent, whatever. We went on a little trip there. Um, but it's back to like the motivating factor of why you're doing whatever it is you're doing. You know, I movement is movement is important for all of us. And as you were saying, like just keeping our joints moving around, keeping the pressure on our bones so that our bone density stays, building some, you know, building some solid muscle across the board that doesn't have to be working out that can be walking that can be doing these things but it's the it's why are you why are you doing that and like the conscious in my opinion the conscious effort of saying like i am going to do xyz whether it's walking around the block every night because you know i want to be able to move around with my kids when they are my age and i want to be when i'm 70 i want to be able to keep up with my kids and be able to do these things with them or like i just want to be able to walk around the block for all for for always like until i am no longer on this earth i want to be able to physically do that and you know not having i think not having that like really motivating reason is is a big reason that people fall off a big reason that it's hard to get back into something after you've been out for so long and so so yeah asking yourself that question of like okay, why am I doing this? Not just because it's good for me. I know it's good for me. Not, not just because of whatever it is, but really knowing what that is intrinsically for yourself and like really having that intrinsic motivator because if it's always, if it's always, for, if it's always for you, if it's always for somebody else, if there's no consistent reason, that's what makes it so hard, I think, to continue to do something and then to get back into it after you've been out for so long. Very totally nice. Agree. Spoken like the new host of No Man Nothing Radio. Oh, that's Love such it. a great way to end. We'll but see. I was going to, I just got a shout out to uh, Peter T has got like the centenarian Olympics idea. I haven't yes, spent right. enough time on that. But to your point, Isabel, like he went through and was like, what are the motions that I will want to be able to do at like, 60 70 80 90 and like work backwards to create a plan such that if i want to be here at 90 i need to be doing this at 60 and this at 70 and this at 80 and i, I really like that thinking and it second uh reminds me of that um holiday advertisement where it was the um older man you learn is a grandfather and like all of his training has to do with like lifting like a deadlift some sort of like overhead Romanian squat thing. You don't really get it until the very end when like it's Christmas and he like picks up his like granddaughter and like lifts the the kid up to like put the star on the Christmas tree. And it's like, it's just so wholesome and it really stuck with me. Cause obviously it's like, yeah, you know, it's to Matt's point, like you just, you want to, you want to age and not be a burden on anybody and, and have this like, you know, tremendous, vitality at least that's what i think we hope for ourselves and all of our loved ones all right very nice on that note 100%. we'll end uh we'll be back uh probably in a week from now whenever this episode goes up we'll put the other one up a week or so later so stay tuned look for lots more content thank you isabel for joining us and your nomad athlete radio debut you did amazing we all knew you would because you're always good thanks matt thanks isabel. Uh, talk to you guys later yeah Thank yeah. you all. Bye.